0: Everybody, whether you're the president of a company or the paperboy, everybody has the exact same amount of time. You and I both have 24 hours a day. No more, no less. The question is, what do you do with
1: your time? Real quick, my friends, go get my new book. It's called The Power to Publish. And it's at the top of the page of zbooks.co at the link, my new book. And it's going to help you with all of your self publishing needs. Okay, back to that podcast. Four, three, two, one. Welcome to Zbooks Successful Authors Podcast. And today I have with me a 14 time best selling author. He is the guru of hybrid publishing and he really combines public speaking with writing to form a one-two punch. So let's do some winning with Paul Brody. Hi, Paul, how are you?
0: Hey, Eric, how are you?
1: Not bad, not bad. It's, I'm really glad to be talking to you. I just read one of your books, and we have a lot to, in common. And um, first of all, where are you? And I hear you're the CEO of Brody Consulting Group.
0: I am. So we're actually based here in Arlington, Texas. So we are right between Dallas and Fort Worth here in North Texas. Uh, my location is roughly about 10 minutes from Cowboys Stadium, home of the five time Super Bowl champion Dallas Cowboys.
1: Nice. Nice. And what does the C- uh, Brody Consulting Group do?
0: So we focus typically on four key areas mm-hmm. we focus on book publishing, we focus on book launch marketing. We focus on executive ghostwriting and also executive coaching. So the main thing that we want to do, because um, our company with a holistic approach, we want to figure out what is best for the client. And then we wrap our, our services around that. So if they need coaching, we're going to help them with that. If they need, need um, ghostwriting, we're going to help with that. But what we found is most of our clients need help with book publishing and especially book launch marketing, because as you know, Eric, Mm-hmm. most of these publishing companies whether you're hybrid traditional whatever else they don't give you marketing support and the yeah. biggest thing that you need when you're launching your book in addition to having a great looking cover great book compelling description is you need to be able to have a marketing system and that's what we have done over the past 4 years
1: Awesome you you systematized it
0: Yes sir it let's makes get, all the difference
1: Let's let's roll back a bit so let's put that in our our our, our reservoir um Let's get back to the origins we were talking and we have a common friend, Tyler Wagner. And from my, uh, investigation you started public speaking first and then writing.
0: Yeah. So I've actually been a public speaker since 2005. So roughly 14 years. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I kept hearing was, you know, you should really write a book based on your seminar. And that's actually what we ended up doing years later. So when I finally wrote my first book, I actually reached out to Tyler because he was in the publishing industry. And I would go, hey, um, what do you feel about doing my, um, how do you feel about doing my forward for the book? He goes, yeah, I'd, I'd love to. And he, he, sh- he helped show me the way when I was getting started. So that's one thing I really appreciate is when you have people in the industry that are willing to be your guide. And that's yeah. one thing that I always want to do, is always pay it forward and help other people that are wanting to get this journey done. Because as you know, Eric, everyone has a story in them. They just need someone to help them get that story out there in the world.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. I, I believe in that. That's, so uh, this um, public speaking and uh, writing, uh, so how long were you, you, you were speaking before you finally started writing?
0: So I was always writing, I was always creating content, but I wasn't necessarily creating the book. So it was roughly 10 years later where I finally started writing the books based on the seminars. And what happened is just to take things back a few years was in 2011, I had a um, a really bad health crisis. I was borderline bridging 40 pounds, borderline type two diabetic, borderline high blood pressure. It was a mess. And my doctor told me, he's like, listen, Paul, if you don't get your act together, you're going to be dead in five years. And that was a pretty big wake up call. So what happened was I lost 80 pounds, 60 pounds, and I kept the weight off over a four year period. And you can look at statistics and see that most people that lose weight, typically only 5% keep the weight off, which means 95% of people fail in those diets. And what I wanted to do was to write a story about this journey. And I just, I kept putting the thing off. I was procrastinating. Mm. I was suffering from imposter syndrome. I just didn't think I could get that story out there. So June, 2015, I'm on a flight to Vegas. And I said, to epiphany, like, why do I keep waiting? I've got friends in the industry that had successful books, why can't I? So the next morning I'm at the Mirage of Poolside and t- basically typed out the entire outline for my first book. And the, um, my iPhone, a week later I wrote over 20,000 words and then I spent a month figuring out everything I could roughly about 18 hours a day with half of that time based on learning everything about publishing, but the other half of that time learning everything I could about marketing and a month later launched it. It became my first bestseller and that was eat less and move more. That's the book that Tyler did the, um, the forward for. And then what I decided to do was for my second and third books, that's when I wanted to talk about the public speaking. So the second book I actually created called um, it was uh, Motivation 101. And that was based off one of my seminars. And then my third book was called Positivity Attracts, which I know you sent me a note over asking me, wow, you really got that book done in 24 hours? Yeah. And the answer was yes, because I already had the content. I just had to get it out on paper. So I had the slides. I had the outline. I just wanted to add some more storytelling to it. And to this day, that has been one of my most successful books. And it's true. I actually wrote the book in less than 24
1: hours. (laughs) So how do you do that? Outlining or what?
0: Everything was already outlined. It was just then getting inspiration to fill in the gaps. Mm -hmm. So I always refer to chapters as talking points. What I do with my clients is I tell them, focus on 10 key talking points that you want to cover in the book Those are your chapters. Let's take a deep dive into each of those areas and get everything out of you. And that's what we do. I'm not a big fan of editing as you go. My philosophy is just get the information out there. So whether you're gonna speak it out, whether you're gonna write it, get it out. That's what we pay editors to do. Let them clean it up. The main thing is to get the content out from your brain to your voice or to to a laptop or even to write it down But the main thing is get your content out. We can clean it up later because people want something they can connect with. And that's the biggest thing is connection. Everyone has a story. It's just getting it out on paper.
1: So that's where I I find very fascinating is the connection because that's where the public speaking comes in, right? And so do you use the public speaking to build your list?
0: Both. So Mm -hmm. how it works is this. When I started out building my list, what I would do is that people sign in to, to my seminars and mm-hmm. I'd let them know, hey, I'm going to send you the PDF version um, of our book and then you can opt out if you want to. It's going to automatically subscribe you to it. This is before GDPR, so this is uh-huh. when yeah. <laughs> we can do more of that. We don't do that yeah. anymore, but back then we could, we could sign them up. And what I tell them is, hey, if you want to unsubscribe, go for it. It's not going to hurt my feelings. I just want to make sure that you get the resource. So that's how we actually built up our first several hundred people in our list. And then what happened is with the first book, I had a PDF in there for people to download if they want to get some more information about my second book. And that is how we kept building our list up and then just having these giveaways, offers, and 30 years we now, a podcast. We have lots of things where we're able to constantly bring in new people that opt into some of our offers to be part of our lists. But we actually started it by signing up people when we're doing the speaking. And one of the biggest things is when you do have a book too, it makes such a big difference with what you can charge. Because before Mm -hmm. I had a book, I was charging $500 a speech. Now we charge roughly 3000, if not more just dependent. And the biggest thing is the fact that you have that credibility, not Mm -hmm. only as a published author, but as a best-selling offer. And when you have a book based on your seminar, that makes a huge difference in terms of authority, in terms of credibility, and just having that street cred.
1: I, I like that, because did you notice you went from I to we in the one sentence? Yeah, I yep. chose 500 and then charged we charged 3,000. So tell us about building your team. One
0: of the biggest things is you have to have one. If you do everything yourself, you're gonna burn out. And that, that's how we started. I, it was a one man show, and we brought people under the team to help with the booking, to help with the relationships between the, the schools. We primarily spoke at universities. We also spoke at businesses, at leadership conferences, but it helps have someone to do the booking. It's like right now with my podcast on my business, I have a head of operations that all she she does mainly is help with the first part of my strategy sessions. She helps get the guest book for the Books for the podcast she mm-hmm. helps with getting the infographics done the communication rhythm and sending out a email sequence it makes a big difference when you can have someone else do the operations and that way yeah. you can focus on the content and most importantly taking care of your clients mm-hmm. and that's the biggest thing because that need yeah. when you're the boss that yeah. needs to be your main thing is making sure your clients have priority because if you do that everything else will take care of itself
1: yeah were you uh working at the time was did this start as a side hustle
0: Oh yeah, 2015, I was Mm -hmm. still teaching. I actually Mm -hmm. taught another two years. I was a special needs teacher Mm -hmm. and I ended up teaching nine years. And 2015, I started with the books Mm -hmm. and Eat Less, Move More came out. Then Motivation 101 came out, Then Positivity Attracts. And what happened after Positivity Attracts is what changed everything because I started to have fellow authors and readers They reached out and go, hey, can you help me with my book? Can you help me get my book published? Can you help me market my book? And I'm going, yeah, I can help with that. So we were actually, I was coaching people one-on-one for the next year and a half. Mm -hmm. And finally, we built the business to the point where I left my teaching position June 2017 Mm -hmm. and focused on this full time. And that's also when we expanded into more corporate business. And one of the biggest lessons was that we realized people weren't really wanting to learn how to do this we actually had people from different um, schools or programs that they've gone through and go, Hey, we need more support. Can you help us? And we would either help them through executive coaching, or we'd actually help them just get the book published. And that was the biggest thing was with publishing in particular, most people, they don't want to learn how to do this. They want to have someone out there that can do it for them, especially executives, business owners that are busy. They want someone who they know is going to get the job done. And that's how we pivoted with focusing on hybrid publishing with our different services that we offer.
1: Interesting. That's really fascinating to me too, this, because when you already have a full-time job, how do you make the switch? I mean, there's a bunch of fear going on and then there's the barrier to entry where, you know, some people have freedom numbers, you know, they want to make so much, you know, before they diss their old job so how was that moment for you did you have a was it a, a gradual thing or did you really just say okay i hit my freedom number and that job's gone
0: when i like how you say freedom i, I know exactly what you're referring to and i believe the phrase is <laughs> fu money and that was exactly what i was thinking that i needed to have a certain amount of money in the bank to be able to do it i hit that number and i took the plunge and that's one of the biggest things i tell my clients especially those that are in the corporate world that are looking to make the change is two things. One, don't be afraid to take the plunge. And two, done is better than perfect. Just yeah. get your book out there. It does not have to be perfect. But mm-hmm. the last thing that you want to deal with in life is the question of what if, right? Yeah. Because when I had that eight years ago, my doctor said, hey, you're going to be dead in five years if you don't get <laughs> your act together. That really does give you a wake up call. And that completely changed my life because. After that, I had a health scare going back, um, i trying to remember when it was, a couple of years back, where there was, um, my, my nurse thought I had a growth in my pituitary gland and believed it could be cancerous. And that was actually around the same time where I decided, you know what, why am I holding off on this? And if I remember correctly, it was around March, 2017. Well, I left my teaching position a few weeks after that, because fortunately, the scan came back. It was negative, thank goodness. But uh, when you're getting a CT scan, it's a pretty scary thing. And what my realization was, I didn't want to wait for what if. I already had that first health scare back in 2011. I had this other additional wake-up call in 2017. I didn't want to wait anymore. I don't want to ever have to answer the question of what if. I don't want to do it. And that's the biggest thing I tell my clients. You don't want to ever ask that question. because you want to be able to know that you have given it your shot. I'm 44 years old. So being in my forties, I didn't want to wait any longer. I was willing to take the risk and I can tell you, Eric, it's the best thing I ever did.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. I love it Uh, because, well, I mean, there's a lot of different situations out there and you know, uh, for some people, that's a big plunge because then you there's all sorts of uh, new taxes and unemployment, all this stuff. So the, the freedom number is probably bigger than you think your first initial calculation, you know, or or you're one of these star authors and make, you know, makes a bunch of bucks in their first, you know, you know, OK, that's that's not realistic, though, you know.
0: No, it's not. And and that's the biggest thing is you have to also invest. And I actually made a significant investment in a coaching program for my business and it helped a great deal. It sped up the process, but I also knew I only had enough time to really get this thing to grow. And that's what happened. We're doing group coaching, we're doing our executive coaching. But what really changes when we pivoted towards the hybrid publishing services, and then when we also added the podcast to go with it, it just really took things to the next level. Because I always talk about how the book is the foundation of your platform, but to take it to that that next level, you have to have something else, whether it's a virtual summit or whether it's in podcast, you need to have something that takes things to the next level that gives you that additional area of credibility.
1: Interesting indeed. Well, then let's get into the nuts and bolts of that a bit. What is your favorite funnel?
0: I'm a huge believer in giving away content. Mm-hmm. So one of my books is called Get Published. And if we can, I'd like to put that into, into the show notes at the end too, where I'd like to offer your audience a free copy of it. Yeah. And there's a couple of reasons for that. One, it's great value. The book's going to help, help you tremendously. But from a business perspective, too, just being completely transparent with the book, we also have a free strategy session invitation. Now, it's no pitch. It's holistic. But we want to be able to potentially meet with the readers, talk with them on the phone, and just see if there's a fit. And if there is a fit, we'd love to explore it. And if not, we're going to send them on the way with some more resources. Because that is the biggest thing is building a connection with your audience. And how we do it is we give away our book. And it really does make a big difference with that relationship building goodwill. They get to know you. You build a relationship with them. So that is my favorite funnel: is having the opportunity to give them a free digital copy of our get published book, and then to potentially explore that in a strategy session, if they want to go in that direction.
1: Cool. Yeah. Um, and that is at a, a speech or a seminar.
0: So the strategy session is actually they can set up the appointment time and they set up a call with a member of my team. And what happens is they talk to my teammate. They see if things are fit, if we're able to help them. And if it is a fit, then I'll typically hop on the second call. So what it is, it's a discovery session. It's a strategy session. It's an opportunity for them to talk about their book and to see if we can potentially help them.
1: Awesome. Nice. Nice. So, um, Man, you you got a really broad product palette. So let's get back to your books. Uh, You you also uh, have successful travel books.
0: So the main reason that I'm a big believer in travel books is, one, I love to share the story. I just have a love to write. And the other reason, just again being completely transparent, is the tax write-offs. So at the end of this year – I've been able to write off over forty thousand dollars in trips. With three of those trips being to Maui, um, trips to San Diego. Um, we have got a Vegas book coming up in the future, so I'm a huge proponent of writing travel books, especially when you're on an, on an epic trip. Maui trips usually cost at least ten to twelve thousand hmm. dollars. They're not cheap. Yeah. So when you're able to write a book about Maui and publish it, it's a it's a tax write off.
1: Interesting.
0: So. That is one of the biggest benefits in regards to doing the travel books is, first of all, the tax write off Second thing, travel books typically sell pretty well. Now, it's going to be more front-end based with royalties, mm-hmm. but the nice thing is, one, you got the tax write-off, and secondly, you already have some royalties coming in where you can recoup your investment pretty quickly. So, that's why I'm a huge believer in having travel books, because the tax benefits alone are well worth it.
1: Interesting, indeed. Well, uh, that is a rabbit hole we could go way down, but i I don't want to go down the tax laws and all that yet so um i I mean no, really... every
0: country is different. <laughs> oh god yeah
1: yeah it's it's uh that's a, another podcast topic in itself. so I've been reading your book too so um i I like your process you you make the cover first
0: I like to, and it really just depends on the clients. For me personally, I like to create the cover first because it's kind of like my muse where Mm -hmm. I can take that vision and it just helps me shape the book. With my clients, typically one of the last theories we'll cover is the book because they're so, is the book cover because they're typically focused on the actual content of the book. So it's a little bit different. Mm -hmm. I love the idea of having your book cover done first, but you Mm -hmm. have to figure out what's the best fit for you. And that's, that's our approach with our clients. We want to make sure it's what they want and then we'll work around that.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm totally believer in that too because you can then slap it down on the table and just start talking about it with people. But if you don't have a cover, then you you can't really. Uh, it's not a conversation piece, is it? Then you you lose you lose them, you know. But when you have that cover already made, you can you can pin it up somewhere. Just you know, put it down at the table at Thanksgiving and and really get a conversation going. And you're kind of validating at the same time, you know. So. I, I really like that technique.
0: Yeah, it's and, almost like a vision board.
1: Yeah, 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 it's, it's just so much easier to have a conversation about it too because it, what do you, what do you call it? It crystallizes your vision or your goal, you know? And, um, oh, talking about goals, there was an interesting sentence in your book. So complete this sentence, the goal of your website.
0: Goal of our website is very simple. And that is to be able to connect with the reader. That is to potentially acquire their email address. That is for them to potentially book a strategy session with you. So the point of a website is it's your platform. It's one of the most important things that you can have to be able to take that relationship with your reader to the next level.
1: Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's just a place to, well, not just a place, but a place to put your lead magnet and and connect with your reader and develop the relationship.
0: Well, and another thing that I like to do as well, I know you and I talked about this prior to the show too in regards to blogs, where mm-hmm. I actually, the emails that I send out to my list every week, we repurpose them as blogs on the website too. So that way they can get some new content, they can see what's going on, they can check out the podcast, they can take advantage of some of the invitations we have on there so it's just, it, it's your, it's, it's your um, center of the world, so to speak. It's your metropolis. It's your your broadcast station, so to speak, yeah. where people can connect with you on a different level. They can take advantage of free resources you have. They can book a strategy session. They can learn about your services. They can, most importantly, learn about you and what you're about. And we also have video on the site, too, so they can actually see a video of me talking about how we can help them. So I think it's very important. Yeah.
1: I, um, I like that, but I went... Back in the days, I had a um the problem. I would do an art show or something, and then instead of making the sale on the spot, I would send the people to my website and then I would lose the sale you know <laughs> so you keep the you keep the connection going in in your um, public speaking and your website it's, have I understood that correctly? It's kind of secondary to your public speaking. The bu- public speaking is the real cent- the center.
0: One thing I would say is you have to have multiple avenues of people to be able to connect with you. Public speaking is part of it. Having your books is part of it. Having your podcast is part of it. Communicating, communicating with your list is also part of that. Building your list is part of it. It really takes a multifaceted approach to build your platform. And you have to have more than one outlet because it's just like with a book. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge believer that you should always have your book at minimum as Kindle and paperback and preferably as audiobook as well. And yeah. why? Because people consume things differently. There are people that love audiobooks. There are people like myself who love old school paperbacks and there's people that enjoy the Kindle. So it's the same thing in regards to how people take information. So Mm -hmm. that's why I like having the website as the hub, because they can find out more about the public speaking. They can find out more about the podcast because we have Pat Flynn's podcast player on there, which shows every new current episode that's out and they could actually pull a Netflix and binge listen to all 350 episodes (laughs) if they wanted to do that. So it's one of those things where you have that as your hub, as your entertainment center, where people can connect with you and take that relationship to the next level potentially.
1: Yeah. That's interesting that you say binge watching. Um, I'm also binging on YouTube. Um, uh, what do you call it? YouTube information, you know, how to, how to make a channel. There's, there's so many guys out there that are just acing it you know, like Sean Connell and, and they say that's, whether you're doing a podcast or YouTube or whatever it is, make series so that people can binge watch them, you know? And, uh, the latest statistics show that that's exactly what people are doing. They discover your stuff and then they just rip it up, you know, and binge it. <laughs> so, Oh,
0: yeah. I just did that with Boston Legal a couple of weeks ago. Oh. Um, it, it was on Prime. It was always one of my favorite shows, but it went a little time, so I actually binge all five seasons in a few weeks. Oh, it's no. just funny how quickly you can get that knocked out.
1: My eyes hurt just listening to you, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, okay, then. Uh, maybe a little um, back to basics. So, okay, so what are the first steps for someone who wants to be like you and start a, a speaking career and combine it with writing?
0: First thing you need to do is write a book.
1: Oh, and not speaking?
0: No, I, I would say write the book first. Because oh, okay. you, and that's the one thing I would have done differently. I would have written a book, if I could have, because things are a lot different back in 2005, yep. where doing it yourself was near impossible because the kindling come out for a few years after until a few years after that. Yeah. But no, if, if I could redo everything, which I wouldn't want to, I'm very happy with where, how everything has grown. But yeah. If there was an the opportunity to start over again, I would have written a book first based on the seminar mm-hmm. and then I would have given the presentation because one of the things that I utilize in regards to getting business at an event is I like to give away copies of the book. And I only started doing this back in 2015 when I actually had the book. So I'll give you an example. Okay. When I give the motivation, uh, the marketing one-on-one event, when I give that, that motivational seminar, what I do near the end of that is typically would be at a leadership conference, would be university, and we'll go, hey, do you bring speakers into your company or to your school? And quite a few people raised their hands. And I'll go, cool. So what I'd like to do is I have a paperback copy here of um, Motivation 101. And what I'd like for you to do is come see me at the end of the seminar. I'd like for you to fill up, fill in the really quick interest form. And what I'd like to do is a thank you, if it's okay, is I'd like to give you an autographed paperback copy. And if you'd like, I'd also take a selfie with you. Well, what would happen is we would close 30% of the room because they wow. would all come up, they'd get a copy of the book, I would autograph it for form, we'd take some pictures together, so that goes on their social media, goes back to my media as well, since they tagged tag me in a picture, and that's usually utilized through Instagram, Twitter, through Facebook, even through LinkedIn, where it's, it's multi-platform. Cool. But the best thing is that you actually have leads there where you can potentially take a book that probably costs you about $3 and turn it into a $3,000 gig. It so
1: interesting. that's one
0: of the great ways that you can utilize a book and monetize it.
1: Okay, wait a minute now. So is this, uh, are you charging uh, entry for the seminar? Is it a free seminar and they get the free book? Or how does that work?
0: Typically, what I like to do is speak at conferences. Now, okay. for conferences, typically, you will, you will be at those for no cost. Mm-hmm. You're volunteering your time. But when you have 100 people in the room and you can get 30 of those people to potentially sign up as a lead for yeah. a $3,000 speaking gig, all you're doing is math at that point.
1: Yeah. Yep, conversion. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's what it
0: comes down to. And how do you do that? You acquire their information. How do you acquire their information? You give them something of value. Kind mm-hmm. of sounds like a lead magnet. Hmm.
1: Interesting. Perfect. Um, man, I don't remember which podcast I was listening to because I'm a podcast junkie. But uh, I, I heard that now. It now it's like uh, it's not the same as usual. Everything's changing. So nowadays, it's the keynotes that really pay. But everything else, like instructional, is, are usually free gigs for the, the speaker. Is that true? Is that how the, the, the speaking world is changing?
0: Everything continuously evolves. But I would say that's fairly accurate. But the thing is, it doesn't matter if you're getting paid to do a speaking gig at a conference because your money is going to be all in the back end. Yeah. Your, yeah. your money is going to be from the influencers that are in that room yeah. that can get you connected to that university or for that business who's going to pay you at least $3,000 to come speak. So it's just, it's an investment of your time. And then if you are traveling to that conference, at least it's a tax write-off. I'm actually a sponsor at a big convention next month. And just due due to that alone, that sponsor fee, everything else is a tax deduction at that point. So even my flight that's first class there and back, Mm -hmm. it's a tax deduction. Our hotel costs, tax deduction. Rental, if we need that, tax deduction. So there's all different ways that you can look at it to be able to monetize and also be able to take advantage of the tax breaks.
1: Interesting. So, uh, is this part of the consulting group? Yes. So you teach people how to do that too. So if you're a beginning or I'm a beginning uh, public speaker, so I'm, you know, I'm doing Toastmasters once in a while, I have to get back to do that. Mm-hmm. But in, I assume in the beginning, you're going to be doing all three gigs.
0: To get started. Yes. Another thing that I suggest too is offer to speak at different clubs. Mm -hmm. So Rotary Clubs is a great example. If you're a member of a chamber of commerce, offer to do a workshop, do a seminar, different things like that to give you that experience to get out there and to start to build those connections and build those relationships. Because public speaking, it's not for everyone. You have to be comfortable with it. To me, public speaking is just like having a book. It's just having a louder, more directed conversation Mm -hmm. to the masses instead of one person individually. And that's probably one of the biggest differences of public speaking. But to me, it's a lot of fun because you get the opportunity to build relationships. You get opportunities to share your story. Yeah, it's almost like doing a podcast. It's just amplified.
1: Interesting. Yeah, awesome. Sounding good. I'm loving it. So, um, uh, one uh, just one rolling back before we lose everyone. What is hybrid publishing?
0: So hybrid publishing, in my view, is the best of both worlds. So you have traditional publishing with the big five, which would be Penguin, Random House, some of those different companies. and then you have self-publishing, where you're learning how to do everything yourself without support. In the middle is hybrid publishing, where there's companies like my own. We're not the only ones. But what we do is for – and what's different is with our company, we charge an upfront fee. And then from that point, there are no other costs to the client. So they get all their royalties – we show them the process, we make sure everything's set up for them, and we do everything for them. So book cover design, editing, formatting, and what we do is a little different because we want it to be a collaboration with our clients. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that we like to do is we have everything systemized, we start with the edits, get everything cleaned up, we'll also help them with writing the book if they need it, and we'll even do ghost if they don't want to write the book. So we have a few different ways that we can help them turn their concepts into a book. But the thing is, we do this as a collaboration. So once the book is done, once it's edited, it goes back to the client for approval. Once they approve it, then it goes to format it. We send it again to them for approval. So we make sure that they get to see everything throughout the process and that they're going to be happy with everything. Same thing with the book cover. It's not finished until they're happy with it. If that means we have to do one set of revisions or 100, we're gonna make sure it's exactly what they want. Because that's one of the other issues of publishing is that if someone does work at a publisher, doesn't matter at what level, they want to be part of the process and they also want to be able to be in communication. They don't want to have to send an email and have it returned five days later. So one of the things I do is I promise a response in 24 hours, not 24 business hours, 24 hours, no matter where I am. So if I'm in Maui, Vegas, LA, Texas, Atlanta, wherever, they're going to get a response from me within 24 hours. And just know that they have the guide and they have someone there to walk them through that entire process. That's what makes the difference. It's not about a script. It's not about a pitch. It is about knowing that you're going to be there for your clients and knowing that you're going to take care of them. And the main thing that we do is we help people that are wanting to utilize that book for the foundation of their platform. So people that want to use it to build a speaking business, a consulting business, a coaching business, or even a small business of brand awareness. That's what we do. And we help them also get crystal clear on their offer that's in the book. So whether it's a strategy session, whether it's a service, whether it's a product, because that's where you're going to make the life changing money because publishing has changed. You can still make decent money on the front end with royalties But where you make the life-changing money is on the back end. And that is through your services, your products. And that's one thing we want to be completely clear with from the start, is help them get clear on that offer and have them monetize it so they can recoup their investment as soon as possible. Because that's what needs to happen with publishing. They need to know exactly how things work. And at the end of the day, it's not just a book launch, it's a product launch, and the product is them.
1: Yeah, interesting. So. Perfect segue. How do you launch your books?
0: So what we do is we like to use a lot of paid advertising. And what mm-hmm. we do, we utilize over 20 different book promo companies. Mm-hmm. One of them I believe you know pretty well, Buck Books. I oh, yeah, you had for sure. Buck Floggin, a.k.a. Matt Stewart on the show because I believe he was the, actually the one that connected you and me. Yeah. My to, favorite.
1: Uh,
0: yep, yeah, to be on the show. So, and he'll say the same thing because he's had books for years. I think they're amongst the best. But Mm -hmm. the thing is, is that you do have to utilize book promo companies. If you think that you can just sell a bunch of books on, (laughs) you know, just on social media, on Twitter, it's not going to happen. They're great for brand awareness, but utilizing over 20 different book promo companies is what we do. And what happened is, is that we created a system and it started four years ago with my own books and then it developed into a system we have developed and perfected ever since 2015. And now what we're able to do is to take that same system and help our clients with their launches as well. And the biggest thing that they want to do is to become number one best-selling authors because they want that credibility when they're meeting with the client, going, yeah, I'm a best-selling author of this book. And they're going, hold oh, up, you're a best-selling author of a book? It's like, yeah. <laughs> By the way, here's a copy of my book. It's autographed. It's got my number on it. I can't wait to start working with you. And when you can build that type of connection and credibility, it makes all the difference. So I'm a big believer in that. Uh, We also help with doing a press release. We'll also help potentially get them connected with a couple different podcasts so they can go on those shows because you really do have to have a multifaceted approach. But the main thing is utilizing different book promo companies. Cool. Because you do have to spend money to make money. It's just business.
1: Yeah, no. I I've, I believe in that too. Um, who, who said that? Was it Henry Ford? The person who doesn't uh, believe in spending money on advertising is, um, oh man, I messed it up. He has a funny saying about that. Not spending money on advertising is like not, you know what? I'll put it in the show notes before I mess it up.
0: <laughs> but, but it's the truth. You have yeah. to be able to invest and you cannot be afraid to do that. Yeah. Because in making those investments, some of the best investments that you can make.
1: But I noticed you didn't mention Facebook ads or Amazon ads, which are like uh, the alpha and omega nowadays. You know, alpha beta whatever.
0: You know, it isn't. It isn't. I'm not a fan of Facebook ads. I have I have some strategic partners. Um, several of them, they're digital marketers, and they tell me the same thing. There's just not much value. At least with your book, maybe different backend products, maybe a free plus. Ship and funnel, maybe something like that. But in regards to just promoting your book through a Facebook ad, it's very low ROI. And we have done that. We've tested it. It hasn't worked out well. Mm -hmm. Now, Amazon, however, Amazon Marketing Services, so there's a few caveats with that. One, yes, it is great to utilize after your book is out of launch. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, you have to keep those ads fresh. Because what's happening now, and this is – what blows my mind about Amazon. And that is the fact that they are getting you to pay, to advertise your book on their website in which they are getting the cut. Yeah. That to me is mind boggling.
1: It's like it reminds- double jeopardy or something. Or,
0: Well, it reminds me of, Tom- so in Tom Sawyer, Tom Sawyer got in trouble, he had to paint this fence, right? You might be familiar with the story. And he made this thing look so good that um, he was able to trick other people into paying him to paint the fence. Hmm. And the reason I share that story is that's how I feel Amazon is with having to pay for Amazon ads because you're basically painting the fence for them. (laughs) And the other thing with that is you have to make sure your ads are current. So you have to create new ads every 30 days because if not, they're not as effective. And the the other challenge is more and more authors are utilizing Amazon ads. I've been doing them for over two years. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, yes, and keep the momentum going, but you have to constantly stay on top of them. You need to have roughly tens of thousands of keywords. So you can plug those in every single month. So you can use other companies that do it. I think Matt does them. I know some other people out there that have those services, but it definitely, it is a process, but to keep the momentum going, that's a good way to do it. Get in on podcasts, doing public speaking gigs. Those are the ways that you can keep momentum going once your book launch has ended.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm a big fan of Amazon ads for sure. Um, you, you're right. They're getting way more competitive, but um – I don't know man I'm I'm in the plus with those and I'm in the minus with Facebook ads but that's well sometimes you're in the minus on purpose cuz you're giving away a free lead magnet okay but like you said the back end is where you're going to make the life changing money and uh that's I'm going to that's that's the quote for this show the back end is where you're going to make the life changing money so well
0: it, it's the truth i mean that yeah. that's where you're going to make the life changing money because you treat every single book like a product launch not just like a book launch, like a product. And for every book, you always want to have a specific product. So I have three publishing books out. The first one, we were framing it around the one-on-one coaching. The second book was around the group coaching program. And then our third book, Get Published, is based on our hybrid publishing options and our executive coaching. So you always want to frame an offer around that. Same thing with Podcast 101. We framed that book around podcast production and coaching to help people with their own podcasts. So, so there's different yeah. things that you can do to frame each book.
1: That brings up one of my lessons that I learned the hard way: is to have the funnel finished before you mm. turn it on. I, yeah. because I'm I'm a, a professional spaghetti at wall thrower, so I throw it all at the wall, and I don't have the back end ready, you know. So I, I just love making those covers and making those books, and then see which one works, and then make the back end. Well, hmm, yeah, okay, maybe. You'll, you'll find out what works, but then you got to be ready for that traffic right away when it's yeah. working in the beginning. And, uh, yeah, so you have to have the, the, to- the the entire funnel finished before you start, right?
0: Well, the first thing you need to do is be clear in your offer. What is the one thing that you want to get personally out of this book? Are you using this to build a speaking business Are you using this for a consultant, for coaching, for whatever it's going to be, You need to be crystal clear on that and then have your offer speak to that. And how we do is do that is utilizing the strategy session invitations. So they can have a complimentary strategy session with you. They can figure out what the fit is and then you move on from that point.
1: Yeah. 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 Crystal clear goal. Right. Mm -hmm. So in, in your one book, you wrote that the pursuit of happiness was the hardest book that I wrote. Why is that? Because
0: one of the other things that I always emphasize to my audience and my clients is you have to be raw. You have to be able to show vulnerability because that is how you connect with people. And The Pursuit of Happiness was a very difficult book for me to write because I was talking about fighting depression, uh, especially in my earlier years. I was talking about being bullied severely as a child where it got so bad we actually had to move. So wow. there were some things in there that I had to revisit that were very painful. And that book took about two weeks to write, and it was painful. I mean, I was literally in tears some nights just having to go through those memories again and to share those stories because there was some pretty, um, pretty rough times growing okay. up. And you do have to make things raw because people don't want to read a book about, oh, hey, my life's perfect, everything's awesome, look at me, yay, we all know it's a bunch of BS. What we do know is people have struggles, and that's what people want to connect with. They want to be able to connect with you and your struggles, it shows you that you're human, it shows that you're vulnerable, and that's one thing I always talk about, don't leave anything out. Talk about what you want to talk about in that book, and don't be afraid to show warts and all, because, yeah, that was by far the hardest book I've ever written. But it's probably also my best book, just in terms of the story and the journey. And I'm not talking about anything with an offer or any back end. I'm just talking about just sharing a story that was, to this day, my favorite book. Because it was raw, it was emotional, but the main thing is it connected with people. And my philosophy with any book, no matter what, whether that book makes $1,000 or 100000 is I want it to have an impact. And I want it to at least impact one person. And as long as it can do that, then it was all worth it.
1: Awesome, was it a bestseller? Did you, which yeah. first, second, third book, which one was it?
0: Um, I believe Pursuit of Happiness was my fifth book. Mm-hmm. I think it was my fifth. But yeah, all 14 of my books have been bestsellers. So nice. when we talk about having a proven system, I mean, we always say it's a proven system that works. And it's not, a, it's not just a tagline. It's not a guarantee. It's a spoiler because it's a system. And that's yeah. one of the biggest things that we've done over four years is we have perfected a system. And what we've done is we stayed with the trends. So we always know what's going on with publishing. We know when Amazon's going to change their algorithm. We know when Facebook's going to trigger some change with their algorithms as well, which is daily. So it's just really staying on top of it. Um, I think one of the biggest things... Was when Amazon absorbed CreateSpace. Because Mm -hmm. right now, it's much tougher to get a paperback cover approved with Amazon. Even with our own books, we find it's usually a little minor issue. We send it back to our cover creators and our formatters, and it sticks within a few minutes. Mm -hmm. It was one of those things where, you know, I have those resources as a publisher. What about that poor person that self publishing for the first time and they just saw that Amazon rejected their cover? Yeah. Where are they going to go? And that's one of the biggest things: is just staying on top of that and realizing, okay, this is what happens when you do work with a guide, with someone that can help you with this journey. Is when a curveball does come up, mm-hmm. we're going to be prepared for it, and we're going to be able to help you.
1: Yeah, I can uh, attest to that. I liked create space better because. Um, yeah. I've had I have plenty of those stories too. They rejected my books for just stupid things, and then blocked my book. It's just ridiculous. Uh create space. I'd like their customer service much better. But oh I well I miss Create, that's I miss create Space.
0: I, I truly do miss them, Eric, because yeah. it it's really has not been beneficial to the aspiring authors out there. I mean for my company, for, for publishers, it doesn't matter as much. But I feel terrible for the first time authors that are out there that are trying to get their paper back out. And then Amazon KDP publishing is just going to mess them about because yeah. that sucks and yeah. that's one of the things that you've got to stay on top of those trends because yeah. things will change all the time I agree I agree with you completely I love create space yeah they were just a pleasure to work with
1: and did you notice um, I think when you had a problem with create space you got somebody from create space on the line mm-hmm. and with Amazon they all it was always some different subcontractor in India you know so one of my books was is per- basically permanently blocked because nobody can keep a thread there, you know? Oh, well, okay. Let's not well, make I'll tell this you what, session, let's, let's no? talk
0: about that. Let's talk about that book. that's currently blocked after the show. I want to help you get that fixed because yeah. we've had some issues with that. Not necessarily with our clients, but we've had, I've had friends reach out to me and go, this has happened and I've been able to fix it. So let's talk offline after this. I want to help you with that.
1: Yeah, cool. That sounds good. Yeah. Definitively. <laughs> All right, so, okay, Amor, a let's get into more nitty gritty authoring question. How do you beat procrastination?
0: I think the main thing is, start writing. And I know that sounds very basic, but <laughs> one of my favorite quotes is, the journey of a thousand miles begins with the first steps. Yeah. And the biggest thing is to start writing. But the first thing is, you need to have structure. You need to think of 10 talking points for your book. And another thing that I do, and this is one thing we advise our clients as well is if you are stuck on a talking point,
1: mm-hmm.
0: then skip it and go to one you're most passionate about. So that means you're not necessarily writing the book in order,
1: mm-hmm. but
0: you're writing about the talking point that you're the most passionate about. So if you're most passionate about chapter seven, write about chapter seven. Yeah. I've had that issue with a couple of books where I was like, you know, I'm really feeling it in chapter seven. I'm not feeling it as much in chapter two. So I'm going to do chapter seven first. So focus on what you're passionate about and start writing. And then the funny thing is the creative juices, they start to kick in Mm -hmm. and then you can get back to chapter one or to chapter two and to get those done. But write about what you're passionate about first and just start writing. I mean, I know it sounds so basic, but get a word file out, start typing. Mm -hmm. It really is that easy. It'll come.
1: Yeah. Some, some authors say there's no such thing as writer's block. It's just an excuse, but, uh, Okay, that's that's fair, fair enough. Well, I,
0: and, and Eric, I'll add one more point with that too. Yeah. Try a different method. I'm a huge believer in the Rev Audio app. So download oh, yeah. it, hit the record button, and just start talking your book out. Start talking it. It needs to be about 10 to 12 minutes of audio. When you're done, hit the stop button. There's a transcribe button. They charge you a dollar per minute to transcribe it, and your first $10 is free
1: yeah. with
0: them. They'll send it back to you within a few hours, You've got it all transcribed. And what do you do? You just sat there and talked to that with a drink in your hand.
1: Oh, yeah. I love Rev. I've used them before. I'm currently testing them against Google Docs. They have, um, you can, you know, their, what do you call it? Google Voice plugin. So you can speak and it will write in a Google Doc. And um, it really saves time and they're getting better. And as a matter of fact, my cell phone or my smart phone is, is really good at it. So um, yeah, you can speak your book. Thanks for mentioning that.
0: <laughs> well, and I'll give you two other tips as well. Um, Rev just changed also to offer an automated service because what happens is with Rev, they have a human out there actually typing everything out. But yeah. there's another option now for 10 cents a minute hmm. that they actually have an AI platform that they're just rolling out, similar to how ten is and similar to how Google is, where, and, and they're saying that the Rev one is by far the best, even on the automated line, using the AI intelligence. So just something to consider. I'm actually going to test it out so potentially in the next couple of weeks. But when it comes to my clients, we always just use the same Rev audio app. We use the dollar a minute because I want a human to transcribe it. Yeah. But yeah. if you want to try a- AI, there's that option as well.
1: That's interesting. I didn't know about that. I didn't know that they were going to do that. Yeah.
0: Staying on top of the trends, my friend.
1: Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Definitely. Yeah. Okay. So a little off topic, what's, what is your vision of the future? What are the next trends for publishing or writing, whatever?
0: I think we just talked about it. More and more people writing the content, um, speaking out their content, using transcription services, repurposing content from webinars, from trainings, from public speaking, all those different areas is really utilizing that. But I think the biggest thing is people have to realize there is a glut of books that are out there. There are millions of books that come out every year. How are you going to be able to stand out? And, and the other thing is to just realizing you've got to utilize the back end with this book. You've got to run it like a business because if you don't, and if you don't market it right, it is going to fall into the Amazon rainforest just because there are so many books that are out there. So it's really figuring out how your book is going to stand out. And I think for the most part, I think Amazon's done exorbitant things. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing to think about too is audiobooks. And one of the other trends that I'm seeing is these different um, devices like Alexa and yeah. those type of things that you can actually have them speak out audiobooks. And with more and more houses becoming smart homes, mm-hmm. when you are publishing a book, you probably want to have an audiobook with it. All 14 of my books, we all have audiobook versions. One, it's a nice extra stream on the on the front end with royalties, but also client generation on the back end. But the other thing is the more and more that these houses are smart houses and have Alexa and these different types of AI devices, they're all going to be able to play your audiobooks, so I would say the biggest thing is have your book available in audiobook for sure, because that's going to be the next trend where more and more people are listening to audiobooks in particular.
1: Yes, interesting. That is on my list. ACX. Are you do you doing ACX or are you going wide? ACX. Okay, it's the easiest way to start. But I heard that you're in a seven year contract.
0: So how it works with ACX is you can make it exclusive to them and you'll get 40%. You can also make it non-exclusive. You get 25% and you Uh can do what you want with it. I've actually utilized both those methods. And then you can also do a production deal with them where they'll actually produce it for you and you can do a royalty share, which would be 20% or you can just pay the person the hourly cost to record it. So for podcast one-on-one, I had a narrator to do it. I just did not have the time to narrate the audiobook myself. Yeah. So I think it was like 80 bucks it cost me to have him do it. And mm-hmm. I was fine with that. We made that money back in a couple of weeks.
1: Interesting.
0: So yeah, there's these different said, things it, that you yeah. can do.
1: Yeah, it's the good old select versus going wide uh, uh, argument, you know. Uh.
0: I would go wide on, based on your platform. So if you have a huge platform, mm-hmm. and a good example is Pat Flynn. So he has a new book coming out about super fans over the next few weeks. And he's having the book available on Amazon and at Barnes and Noble, and most likely in a bunch of other sites. And, but the thing is he has hundreds of thousands of followers and just a massive email list. He's had millions upon millions of podcast downloads. So for someone like Pat, he can utilize that where he can just put it out there in the world. I think with other people that might not have those huge platforms, that's why I'm a believer. Have an exclusive to Amazon for ninety days, or have an exclusive yeah. to ACX. Yeah. So it really just depends on your situation and what you feel is the best fit.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I uh, I do both also. Um, so no conclusive evidence from me there yet. But back to you. Tell us about your podcast.
0: So my podcast is actually called the Get Published Podcast. We have recorded over 350 episodes wow. over the past year. And the main thing is it's, it's short, it's direct to the point, it's usually about 10 to 15 minutes, and we focus on five questions. So we're asking people on the show about um, writing advice, publishing advice, marketing advice. We ask them about their favorite book, what they've learned from it, and their favorite quotes. And it's just a really nice conversation. We've had some pretty amazing guests. Matt was actually a guest on the show Mm -hmm. Um, a couple months back. We've had Nick Loper on the show. Uh, We've had Mike Barty. Just had some really great people that we've been able to have a really good conversation with over the past year. And I'm just a huge believer in having a podcast. One, it takes your business to the next level because it's building a relationship on a daily basis with your your, um, audience. And the other thing too is the people that you have on the show, you can potentially build relationships with them. They may need support with book launch marketing. They may need support with ghostwriting, or they might know someone in their network that's looking for a little help. So it's just a great way to network and to build your business. And I can tell you, I would say since we've started, the podcast alone has brought in six figures in revenue. And wow. it's done that because we built these relationships. And I know one of the other questions that I get often is, should I have a sponsor? We're not for the show. And my answer is you should always have a sponsor, but it should be your own business. So Brady Consulting is the sponsor for the podcast. We have an intro where it just says, hey, it's being sponsored by Brady Consulting Group to get more information about our services. Go to getpublishedpodcast.com. And then at the end of the show, we have another call to action on there. And that's it. Once you get started, we're straight into the conversation. We make it all about the guest. So we've got our promotional stuff at the beginning and the end. Mm -hmm. But that's it. Once the human gets started, we're making it all about the guest and just having a good time with it.
1: That's awesome. You know, that brings up a point. I was I was um, talking to my friends about how I don't listen to Tim Ferriss anymore because his podcast is so full of advertisement. It's just annoying. Ten minutes in and he's still talking about some, you know, ad or something. And now he has just flipped and he says now he's not going to do that anymore. He's going to self monetize. Kind of, I think kind of like what you're saying, you sponsor yourself and then you have some kind of, you know, uh, whatever, like a subscription model, for example, you know, so sponsor the podcast for five bucks a month and then you get a free book or whatever. And um, so, it, so you monetize your podcast by sponsoring yourself.
0: Yeah. It's the best investment you can make. When I, when I was, um, we did we had a sponsorship section in Podcast 101, that's the main thing I talked about, is making your business the sponsor of the show. Because as I mentioned before, nice money on the front end, but you get the life-changing money on the back end.
1: I'm going to go watch that pod or listen to that podcast right now. <laughs> that's a good one. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's why I started podcasting too, uh, is to meet people and have conversations that you otherwise couldn't have. Because I'm in Germany so that's my other challenge is I want to do all of this public speaking, but not in Germany. <laughs> so um, what, uh, if you, you have a podcast, man, now I just lost what I was going to say. Uh, so if, if you see podcast 101, oh, I just lost, I just lost the thread. Sorry about that. Okay. No, you're
0: fine. You're fine. Okay.
1: Okay. Anyways, uh, it'll come to me when I'm thinking of something else. So let's go to the next one. Uh, what's, what's next for you? What are your next projects?
0: Well, it's actually funny you mentioned that one of our next projects is going to be a virtual summit. We're planning it for this fall and it's going to be about publishing. We're going to focus on three key areas. We're going to be inviting experts onto the, sh- to the virtual summit. And that would be fun. I mean, basically, Virtual Summit, for people who don't know, it's a podcast on steroids. The main <laughs> differences. it's video. It's usually longer form. You see those interviews usually about 30 to 45 minutes, depending on the guest. It's um, a specific set of questions geared towards them and their experience versus maybe more of a generalized format. And then from that point, it's just doing all the back end. I actually bought the Hey Summit program upon a recommendation from a friend of mine who was actually on the show. That uh, did a virtual summit a couple of years ago and had a lot of success.
1: Interesting. So, so who, that's who, good, the Hey Summit. Pro, who's that from?
0: Um, Adsu Absumo.
1: Ah, yeah. They, well, I'm well. Subscribe to them too. Interesting. I didn't see yeah. that. I'm going to have to check that.
0: Well, and the deal unfortunately has expired, but I bought five uh-huh. of them, so I think we can hold up to twelve thousand five hundred people for the summit, and uh, we're looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. Definitely will be a new challenge. But one of the things I always emphasize is you cannot have enough streams out there for marketing. So being part of virtual summits, I've done a few of those in the past, something I I definitely recommend on top of everything else, because these are all the different things that position yourself as an expert in your area of expertise, right? So from being a guest on a virtual summit, being a guest on a podcast, having your own book, speaking, it really is a multifaceted approach And you need to have it.
1: Interesting. Yeah. um, I thought people were getting burned out on summits, but because it's a lot of information, like you said, it's on steroids. I can't even absorb it. Um, But I I remember what I... Sorry, go ahead.
0: No, I was just going to say, I think it depends on what the summit's about too. Yeah, I think that's one of the biggest things that really has to be geared. This Mm -hmm. one will be geared specifically for writing, publishing, and marketing. So they're all going to be different.
1: Okay. Yeah. I, I remembered what I wanted to ask you now. So I better ask you. <laughs> <laughs> the podcasts. Um, I'm loving it. I'm, it's one of the best things I ever started. And I'm, I'm going to keep it up. And uh, it's actually becoming the center of my website now. Uh, but one of the things that I miss is that when I, I, I have a podcast, and then next week I interview somebody else and I, I kind of lose contact with the previous people and I can't, I can't really embody the knowledge I just learned. So how do you deal with that? Because I'm meeting such excellent people and I want to apply everything, but then boom, next, next, next guest, you know? <laughs> then, so how do you deal with that?
0: I think you try to take one or two takeaways from each guest. And I know it's not an easy thing to do, um, i give you an example. We've done over 350 episodes in a year, exactly. which is almost one a day. So what I yeah. try to do is take a couple of key takeaways from each person. Mm-hmm. I'm old school. I have a composition book in front of me. I usually take half a page of notes for every single guest. Mm-hmm. And I'll go back on those. And I'll emphasize a couple of those um, those nuggets, so to speak.
1: Yeah.
0: And then the other one will just be a note that I may use in another conversation. I'll go, hey, well, yeah, this person talked about a book lunch party. Or this person talked about building deeper connections on LinkedIn, or this person was showing us how they can get on different retail stores to help sell their books through book science. Mm -hmm. So it's one of those things where it's also based on what the the current guest is talking about, and then connecting that with previous episodes. And a couple of reasons for that. One, it helps build the conversation. It gets um, another guests to talk about their experience to a previous guest. And it also even gets to plug that episode. So you go, well, hey, in episode 249, yeah, we talked about this. So it's almost an opportunity to um, cross-promote different episodes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's a challenge, man. You three, How many in one year did you do?
0: 350.
1: Wow, that is good. I have committed to one per week. So and that is very very challenging for me. So I I can just imagine. Well, you have a team, right? Uh, so I well,
0: and we <laughs> need it. So 354 episodes is what we have done up to this week. We did one day of recording this week with the um, with the Independence Day holiday. So we had one day and we knocked out a couple of interviews. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean that's why I have my head of operations. She sends the emails to the guests. She has the sequence. And by doing that, we typically have anywhere between a 70 to 80% show up rate. So it really does make a difference having that constant communication going. But um, yeah, Yeah. that way I can just focus on the questions and connecting with them and just seeing if there's a potential relationship for either referrals or being able to work together to help them, just however that relationship is going to build from that point.
1: Interesting. Awesome. So which platform are you using or publishing with?
0: Are you talking about
1: for the, for the podcast? Yes, the podcast, like Anchor FM yes. or something. Libsyn. Ah, yeah, okay. Oh, they're the big ones, huh? Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah we were playing with the big dogs on
1: that one. <laughs> yeah, they're good. They're good. I know about them, uh, but they're paid, right? So, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we talked about your, pro- your, your summit is coming up. Uh, is there already a landing page for that? Do you want to uh, talk about that summit?
0: Not yet. It's, it's in the early phases, but okay. uh, just go to our website, getpublishsystem.com We'll have some more information on there in the upcoming months. It will be a project that we're going to do in the fall, but uh, main projects right now are, is the podcast, is also our publishing company. So we always welcome people to check it out, getpublishsystem.com or getpublishedpodcast.com. Everything you need is going to be on there.
1: Okay. That's, is that where you want people to reach you right now? Absolutely. Okay. And um your that book. What was that? That the free book on your website?
0: Yeah. So when I actually go to com, there's actually a tab on the top that will say free book. They can click on that. They can grab a free copy of our get published book.
1: Awesome. Paul, it's been awesome talking to you. I want to reserve you for a a follow up. We could Yeah, I'd love to. I mean, there's so many things we can talk about, and uh, thanks for your time, and uh, I guess you got to go get podcasting, huh?
0: Well, I'm done for the week, fortunately, but I do have a client call in about 45 minutes, so that will be the the next thing to mark off the list for today.
1: Nice, nice. Thank you very much, and I'll see you next time.
0: All right. Thanks, Eric.
1: Okay, my friends, if you like that podcast, then remember to go to zbooks.co and go get all the materials to start your authoring career. We have a seven-day challenge every week, so there's no excuse to not finish your book. And remember, please go to iTunes and upload this podcast and Google Play. Okay, I look forward to seeing you at the top.